3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. This is 3CR Breakfast. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning, you're on Thursday breakfast on the 9th of April, 8.55am, 3CR. Your hosts for today's show are Max, Carly, Priya and Scheherazade. I'm Rosie, the producer of the show. On today's show, we have headlines with Kate Kelly Then we have the next episode of Liberation Loops, a mini-series produced by Carly Beck. Um, On this episode, she speaks with writer Vincent Silk. We then hear a segment from United Workers' Union online panel. The panel looks at issues facing migrant workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. Throughout the show, you'll hear a selection of music from Carly um, and her introductions and thoughts and reflections on music in the time of the pandemic. And finally, we listen to a soundscape produced and recorded by Scheherazade. After spending some time in Morocco, Scheherazade is back on air with Thursday Breakfast. It's a really great show produced under strange new circumstances, so stay tuned and enjoy. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Ayan. The group of 55 refugees trapped in Bell City in Preston say they fear for their lives and are concerned they would not survive a COVID-19 outbreak. The men were brought to Australia under the then Medibac Bill, a piece of legislation that allowed refugees access to health care. Most of the men trapped in the hotel have ongoing medical conditions and say the floor is staffed by about 30 detention centre officers who come and go every day. The men occupy a single floor of Bell City and sleep in rooms of two to three people. The Department of Home Affairs have said that they have put measures in place to protect the detainees. Now in South Australia, where Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people sleeping rough across metropolitan Adelaide have been put up in motels under an initiative by the South Australian Housing Authority to help them stay safe during the coronavirus pandemic. The measure was introduced as part of the state's effort to slow the spread of COVID-19 by giving those experiencing homelessness a safe place to self-isolate. Though Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people make up just 2.6% of the state's population, they represent 40% of those sleeping rough in Adelaide. They are also many more times at risk from COVID-19 due to chronic illnesses, including heart disease and diabetes. 
So as of last Friday, 241 people experiencing homelessness or in need of crisis accommodation were being housed in motels. Now back to Victoria where thousands of residential renters plan to stop paying their landlords this month in a nationwide strike as government negotiations on evictions and rent freeze are stalling. The impasse comes as a rent strike campaign is targeting up to 100 real estate agents across Victoria and also um, in New South Wales with letters from tenants threatening a total freeze on rental payments. So more than 16,000 Australians have signed up for the campaign. In a statement on Facebook on Wednesday, Rent and Mortgage Strike, the people running it, said, trying to take away our food money and manipulating us to give our to give over our personal and financial information with no guarantee of what you'll do with with it is abuse. If you're struggling to find an alternative source of income, we're here you can dip into your superannuation account. So renters are expected to strike from this week on. And that's it for Thursday headlines. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM. And I'm just listing off um, a lot of tracks that I like um, by local artists. And... Just before um, we went into lockdown, the last bit of joy that I had was going to Golden Plains, um, which seems like many decades ago now, um, but it was only uh, last month. And I hadn't heard of um, this duo, um, and they were coming out of Western Sydney, but I was yet to experience their live performance, and... Wow, I think it was life-changing. So I'm really excited to play this track by some artists out of Western Sydney, um, DJ Atro and Cal from Slimset. This one is called G Up and Spray. Palm trees, we got gum tree and budget too. Give me a beat or tune and and do 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 do. Spitting in a room with an ugly view, ugly heads. Can't wait till I'm home, I can't be bad. Into the mud when the public ooze. Nothing to lose, get some change. I'm just passing through. Something smells and it must be you. Looking for clues like SVU. It's a crime show called that suburban truth. Put up awkward urban you. Cockies in my fist, but I'm not hurting you. I'm on my early morning cruise. G up and I spray, it's the boy from P-A-R-R-H G up and I spray, all over the place G up and I spray, it's the boy from P-A-R-R-H G up and I spray, on the CDJs I like it like that, for the bad pep, for the bad news like that Telegraph and the goon sack, not the bigger man, I'm scrawny but fat Pause, I like it like that, for the bad pep, for the bad news in fact Like last night's kebab, from gravel, a genre with pack I don't I don't wanna lose my, I don't wanna get in the flu Do you wanna get smoked like ice, become headlines in the other news I, I, I don't need your likes on IG, I, I, I don't need that dope on me Cause there's the dope MC from CM to the SET Hold my honey and tea when I G up and I spray, it's the boy from P-A-R-R-H G up and I spray, all over the place G 
up in that spray. It's the boy from P-A-R-R-H. up in that spray. On the CDJ. Spray like water drink Spray like a full mob Spray like links in high school gym. Spray that. Item C's the Ajax. Atro make tracks big. Thought I should name it Ziz. R.I.P. Wanna be him but CBM gym. Cause I wanna make hits. From Wagga Wagga to Woy Woy. Girls love this cheeky boy. On the hunt for some CD toys. Spray the dad like I'm a blast toys. Oi, it's Sydney not a letter. When I'm on deck is a veranda. Let's get this sangers. Uncle Cal from Parramatta. Up in our spray, it's the boy from PAWRA. Up in our spray, all over the place. Up in our spray, it's the boy from PAWRA. Up in our spray, on the CDJs. And that track was G Up and Spray by Slimset. What would you like to share with listeners today? Other ways of responding to harm. Liberation. This sound shield that you could take with you to protest. Collaborative dialogue. Demystify the process. Liberation Loops. Hi, my name is Carly Beck and you're listening to Liberation Loops, a series that has been created and produced from both the 3CR studios and my bedroom on the lands of the Wandjeri and the Budurung peoples of the Kulin Nation. This is a series that dives deep into people's practices to challenge the criminal legal system. And through this series, I hope to discover in what ways people are already addressing violence in our communities and in what ways people are learning to heal from harm. Today, you're going to hear a conversation that I have with Vincent Silk, poet, writer and community organiser living in Nam. This poem is called Now More Than Ever. The Lost Manuscript of a World-Weary Twink? 1. There is only so much I can tell you. From what I can decipher, he was a very private person. The words are very old, and the paper very fragile. Translation is an art. It will crumble in your hands. Fair warning, the tale may be no different from those you have heard before. We are not promised new discoveries, just because we dig. But some word must be uttered, some flag raised for them, whose dusty possessions haunt filing cabinets, tended only by a furrow of volunteers, doomed to forever ferret through ancient biscuit tins. So here it is. Panning across the scape of a long road, a slight declining slope, under which is a free, wide-open place, as inappropriate as it is to imagine, Buildings touch shoulders. On the second floor is a gym. A row of treadmills overlooks the street, occupied at intervals one-two, like piss etiquette, though nobody ever explained it. Behind lies a flat plain, carpeted, stupidly, incipient punishment for falling down. Groups of adults nightly perform high kicks. They giddy up and yell, Yee-haw! The one we have waited for comes. Wrapped thrice in sweat-wicking cloth. He is encased in the swaddling comfort of firm and form-keeping plastic, never to be moved again. The years have not been kind to him. Aged twink, beset by the tidal flowing of smog. He is bricked over, maiden become crone. He points a long, crooked finger at the steam room, whispers, accursed place. Far below, an unsuspecting rainforest bird, intent on picking out the best bits, removes with surgical precision a log of meat from within soggen pastry, heavy with rain. Her warm scales are perfect. 
her bald, raw head swivels to look at him as he stumbles, released from his labours, across the threshold and out into the night. The bird, through no fault of her own, ever seeking unwrapped treats, juicy and complete. Two. Neither have the years been kind to this pocket of earth, ravaged by cranes, wet streams along soft rock. This is the most beautiful place on earth, and everyone here spends their lunch break just jogging through it. The aged twink almost trips, crouches down to inspect the lines, busting a path through overflowing green and, bl and brown flora, inflated pipes, poor foundations, exposed to rotting, pram tracks, he whispers, sniffing the air. He draws his climber-cool cloak around his shoulders. The way stone leaks, you'll never get used to it. Walks home at a reasonable pace. Should have stayed with the old one, the safe one, the public place. Strolling by the river in search of the right one, the thrill of the chase. Blades of grass and watered steel. Opening along his seams with silver insides flashing in the light of the last whale oil lamp in the world. Above him, someone unseen draws the drapes across the blacked-out windows. Whose go is it? What makes the places we touch come back to us? Touching the walls with their tongues on hot days when the bricks sweat through the paint, when the lacy cap adheres to the scalp. They've been dragged from the tops of trees, gouged out from soft, wet ground. Help yourself to the reversible thing, if you can, if you can be helped. In the middle of his back, his fresh tattoo of Patty Lapone unhinges her jaw and caws into the abyss, gaping and emotional with enormous teeth like bricks. In the drinking pen, he's full of shit, gay as in happy, as in fuck me, as in fish man. An archive of feeling, high pollen day. Someone slaps his back and he winces. Patty Lapone scowls. And what of the regional fetishist? Him without networks. Who will mourn if not you for the one who, autoerotically, encased himself in a polyester fish costume that he laboured over, sliding, it, sliding into it only when perfection demanded it and engaged in that most specific of private pleasures, drowned in the dam. Fishman remembrance at this point in the journey makes him weak. Thicker fabric is needed to keep it all in. Wrapped threefold at least. Calico crisscrossed with snail trails. Words like grove and dell fluttering to rest. Hardening into a jelly of forgotten metamucil. Thick, fibrous and foul. Eighty or a hundred years ago would have seen him going to church, blanched and starched, romanticised in war, still cruising by the river, the silver moon at his back. Earlier still, and he obsesses, lying awake at night with the knotted sheep intestines he would have required, the things he wishes he didn't know. He burst his banks, shuddering, destroyed psycho-spiritually by the mere suggestion of another two minutes on the stationary bike. Three. And a curtain of awful, oily English wool falls, covering a tramp stamp. Abolition now. Little M's wrap the torso. Birds and barbed wire. 
rolled in a blanket and tipped into the sea. Mariner's coat, heavy enough without pockets, weighed down by river rocks and sheep's teeth. Those who haunt him are diffuse and thinly spread, trickling over porous rocks, particularly unmemorialised, which doesn't mean unremembered. Big, blown eggs in wharfside real estate. Tapping the earth at four precise points, brig, bilge, lock hospital, darkened doorway. It only takes a second. A genteel gang obsessed with making public space private, petitioning the council, a dummy hanging from a tree, the boarding up of dens, the ghost of dazzling queens, eternal, jeweled droplets, moist, adorning her feather boa. That path, trodden by feet, thick with calluses, rough with hustle crumbs, shouldered heavy bags overflowing, laden with cured sheep gut, those little words, Grove, Dell, Pox. He turns the corner, lumbers into his street, cautious. Everyone knows the feeling. His eyes two little pouches of, of age. Air sucked out like an opposite balloon. Regulated passage of people in and out. She punches a hole in the time capsule and throws treasure into the crowd. A kid scoops up a fit from the ground, holds it tight against his abdomen and won't let it be wrestled away. The curtain twitches. Someone scratched fuck off yuppie prick into the red door. It only takes a second. Thank you for sharing, Vincent. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for um, thanks for letting me read that. It felt nice. <laughs> and in this podcast, we're really delving into, you know, a lot of daily practices um, that people can use for both community accountability but also working towards transformative justice and challenging the criminal legal system. Um, so what brought you to sharing this poem today? Um, I think why I wanted to share this particular one is because it's something that I wrote a few years ago uh, in 2017 when I was doing this writer's residency, um, which was in Sydney and thinking about a whole bunch of bits of history that seemed relevant to me, like thinking about particular cultural ephemera in that part of inner eastern Sydney and I, I'd engaged and absorbed all of this information about social movements and social scenes in those suburbs uh, so like the Aboriginal community and medical legal centres and like uh, community breakfasts and stuff that was set up in the 70s um, lots of writing and thinking about sex work uh, in Australia and and I guess in the colonies since invasion to this land, and as well as that thinking about the legacy of HIV and the AIDS crisis and what an impact that's had on the way I understand myself um, in, in, in the community that I'm a part of and just at, at large. Um, and I revisited that poem last year for a reading, and I wanted, I wanted to read it today because I... I'm interested in doing this kind of double take thing of looking back and forward and um, looking at things that have happened before and resistance to state control and carceral carceral ways of controlling people, uh, looking back and looking forward kind of in the same breath, which I think poetry is really well situated to accomplish that goal. I think also 
why I chose to read this particular poem is it feels really bizarrely relevant with the like with the COVID-19 pandemic stuff that's happening which is probably a whole different conversation um but I was I was for a lot of a lot of time really obsessed with lock hospitals which were which I mentioned in the poem which are like medical prisons which were a Victorian England um invention like so many really fucked up things uh mm. where like a lot of sex workers were locked in these medical hospitals at, like to be detained and also the lock hospital has a big history on this land since British invasion um and there uh, there are a bunch of like first nations lock hospitals that were used like up until you know the mid 20th century um and and so thinking i guess for me, the intersection of like medical surveillance and medical incarceral, incarceration has always been this big haunting spectre. Um, maybe it's part of my like particular way of making sense of my like particular transgender embodiment and mm. um, myself in this moment in history. So, so yeah, I, I find it, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to share that part of the poem with you today. Yeah, I think part of writing that poem um I was doing a lot of like walking around in the rocks and Miller's Point in Sydney at the time and it was at the time it was uh, mid 2017 and it was when the Sirius building was being evicted um so that was a big and also heaps of other public housing which was in um this extremely upmarket postcode in um Sydney near the harbor which was always a really working class and public housing suburb and in its first iteration as a suburb um, after you know like in the establishment of that colony was a really was like a total slum and now it's like this squillion dollar harborside view area and a lot of the ways that I was thinking about place I remember I walked past this like real estate agent and there was this bowl of hand-blown polished emu eggs and I was just struck by the like absurdity of the like of colonial violence of that mm. like it just it really it was an image that really stuck with me um walk, walking around seeing all of these posters and and banners up being like this is my home I've lived here for 50 years um and then the actual looming villain of of development is like this ancient this well not not even ancient but like a, a um historical villain of like usurping and theft and property as as i guess yeah as theft i guess to be to use like a well-worn anarchist phrase <laughs> um and talking about anarchism and vigilantism um in your mm. first novel sisters of no mercy it's a tale of an underground network and some people would probably view um, some of your characters as being vigilantes or thieves but really I just saw a group of people coming together um, who were living in precarious housing and economic situations caring for each other. Can you tell us a bit about how that story evolved? Oh yeah um, well that, I mean the story really evolved because of the characters um, so it's a it's like a interesting pickup that you've offered there um it, it began with like a really different short story which um was called obvious escapes and it was about a 
group of young workers who had like robbed the owner of the takeaway shop where they worked and the takeaway shop owner was this kind of like slum lord and and the cat I wrote that when I was like 22 I think um and it's published in like my uni writing anthology and the characters from that story kind of merged or developed into the characters in Sisters of No Mercy and I guess yeah like picked up or uh developed new characters or new friends and um yeah new enemies along the way uh and i yeah i it, i spent most of my 20s writing that book mm. um from i was published when i was 28 and so that's like the, the bulk of my 20s and i kind of like thinking about it taking such a long time because like community organizing takes a really long time mm. as well and the title sisters of no mercy is taken from the collective in the book which is yeah like you say like a underground network of people um maybe being thieves or vigilantes but yeah i guess the the core of it is like that they resist housing instability and like the cruelty of the state when it comes to evicting people Mm. um and and like respond to the fact that people are unhoused by with direct action um and yeah it it is funny a funny thing like describing people as thieves or vigilantes or what it might look like to, you know, the average Australian reader. Mm. Um, I wanted to make use of, I guess, my knowledge about collective organising. You asked about how it's kind of, how it developed and how, yeah, how it evolved, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been part of, like, I've been doing community and collective organising since I was in my late teens. And back then it was kind of like, it was in the heyday of like underground music venues in Sydney in the inner west that were all getting shut down and then I guess I have kind of moved to like running a DIY queer social centre and organising around like um, organising around responding to sexual assault and like intimate partner violence in my friend group and I've been also spending the last five years in Melbourne doing that kind of anti-violence work as well um, and I guess that it's a really... I, I wanted to write a book about collective action mm. um, in climate disaster because that was a really big part of the book that reflected my understanding of the world, which is a, a collective understanding. Um, and it, even though the characters aren't like fictionalised fictionalized versions of real people or anything, it's really the way that I exist in the world is collectively and so that really informs how I approached writing that book. Um, but it is really hard to do that in literature because so much of like the literary canon, whether it's um, like a Western literary canon or even lots of non-Western literature, uh, it's about heroes or special people or like the one, a chosen one, kind mm. of like a sun god narrative. Yeah. Like um, even even heaps of, you know, sci-fi and stuff, which I love, which is about really like powerful, um, you know, uh, like in, intense women, it's often like, uh, even though it's this kind of resistance to patriarchy, it's often this kind of specially special one hero rising above the rest. Um, and and so, I really wanted to write about what I know to be true, which is that change actually happens through um, stuff that's like quite boring, like sitting at <laughs> meetings for a long time. <laughs> you know, you know? Um, and um, and there were multiple parts again. in the book where. The characters are at different houses. Uh, they're called mercy uh-huh. houses. Is that right? 
yeah, yeah, that's right. That's and right. then everybody shares a laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, you know, the laptop schedule and being like, oh, okay, the mum uh, is the mum with her kids is going to use the laptop now, so, oh, i got to go. I'll borrow someone else's laptop. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that just actually the kind of, like, boring minutiae that is involved in trying to do stuff all together, and, but while, you know, remaining non-violent towards each other. Mm. Um, so I, I, want, I sometimes have wondered if that's why I, if I unconsciously then chose to write Sisters of No Mercy as a heist, like I chose the form of a heist because it's inherently, you know, exciting. Mm. Um, and I, I, I love that kind of literature. I've always really loved thrillers and, um, you know, secret, like spy novels and stuff. Even that's, they're kind of like my guilty pleasure because they're so fucking castral and gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I wanted to like show the way that people participate in underground economies or resist the state, um, I guess using the same kind of tools as people in literature and in film and stuff use to just get money or, like, get ahead or save the world or something like this. Does, mm. does that make sense? Absolutely. But I loved your commitment to building characters in this book because... Mm. I just found that I resonated with some of the traits of these characters. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Um But it's interesting because when I first started doing activism was in university. Um, mm, but I, yeah. was a, I was a part of a Fossil Free group, and because that was being organised by a really big NGO, then everything mm. we did was really, like, corporate the way that we organized Uh and I you know towards the end I wasn't excited about the actions that we were doing um Mm. and so yeah I love hearing you talk about the excitement of collective Mm. care and collective organizing yeah I mean I think I I think we have like we have a right to like be excited and be enjoy like to enjoy what we're doing because it is often a really hard slog and it feels really overwhelming. Um, and hearing you say that you resonated with characters is really, you know, that's like a really important thing to me for, you know, to hear that readers understand because we're, you know, we're, I'm talking about something maybe that you understand and, and that's really a beautiful experience to have um, as a writer to know that someone understands. I think... I understand, I really get what you mean about like, oh, it's really corporate and um, sanitized and mm, it very doesn't rigid. have this, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, it's very rigid and doesn't have the same kind of excitement and I guess for me that's why I was so committed to like, to the form of the heist because I was like, well, it's crime, mm. um, it's, it's like, it's theft and it's crime and um, even, and it's like also an attempt at like, justice I guess um even though it's kind of momentary like a lot of the characters are like really flawed and like buffoons or like one of the main characters is just a total is like this walking disaster who's mm. just always fucking fucking everything up <laughs> but like but still participates and I think there's something like there's something that really appeals to me about telling stories about how we relate to each other and how we just fumble around and like there's like these fools and then there's these 
pissed off competent geniuses who and they just love each other and they work shit out together mm. um and like everybody has actually something useful to offer to the to the project whatever it is and have you found that writing and poetry has been a really healing experience for you yeah for, definitely for sure um i mean I, I think a lot of people have an experience of like uh you know, when you've experienced something that's really affecting or traumatic or um, upsetting or, like, however however that you're understanding an experience you've had. I think, you know, even the most conservative types of therapies will often say, like, oh, keep a journal or, like, um, write it all down and, um, and, you know, get it out of you, that kind of thing. So I think there is an element of, of purging, but I think it's more than that as well I think it's like a I was reading uh that very famous text the the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk um I don't know if you've read it um but he uh is speaking about how when someone experiences a like a traumatic event you know he's talking about like neurobiology so the shit that happens in your brain when something really terrible happens and bits of your brain have to go offline for a while while you survive. But also part, he was talking about something that kind of goes offline is your capacity to connect to creativity and and that, like, by connecting with that and by, by engaging that part of your brain, you're, like, you're waking yourself up and you're waking yourself up to to joy and, like, pleasure and different experiences and, and like, where people who have experienced um any you know violence or any anything really that's not ideal are really creative and really smart and i think we we like i know that i definitely use writing and have used writing to make sense of things that don't make sense mm. um yeah i think i for, for me it's like a it's a huge, uh, a hugely healing and um, like empowering um, and embodying practice. And I was wondering if you could share a tool for listeners so that they could also mm. use an embodying tool for their healing mm-hmm. process. So this is this is a grounding practice that I've been doing uh, because I've found it very hard to ground myself with all of the uneasiness and confusion in this um, this moment where we are in Australia about to tip over into national pandemic, but we're, we're part of a global pandemic right now. Um, so I've been trying to use writing to ground myself and feel that kind of joy. And um, so I've been doing this automatic writing exercise. So I like to set up a timer or like say 20 minutes and have a cup of tea or something um, while I'm doing this automatic writing. Automatic writing is like you write without editing yourself, so you just write freely, whatever comes out. And it's a automatic writing with a prompt. So the practice is take a line from your favourite book or your or favourite poem or song or performance. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you my line. Mine is from a transcript of a live performance that I saw in New York City earlier this year. It's by a collective called What Would a HIV Doula Do? And the work is called Another Wave Remains. And 
it's a transcript of a live reading, um, and this is the line. I want to be seen by you. I don't want to be dismissed or forgotten. So speak the line aloud to yourself. You might want to speak it aloud to yourself twice. Then write it down. And then really think about why this line affects you, like why these words speak to you so much. And then write down how it makes you feel. Where do you feel it kind of resonating in your body? Does it make your shoulders feel light? Does it make you want to stand up and stretch your legs or curl up in a ball? Does it make you feel like your your forehead is really crinkled up with kind of frustration? And then kind of um, write down your physical sensations and everything that that comes out of you when you're when you read that line or say it aloud to yourself. And then if you need another prompt, think about whose voice you hear when you speak this line aloud. Is it your own voice or like a collective voice or somebody else's voice, someone that you know really well? And then think about if you had to respond to it, what would you say? And all of these things are prompts to have a conversation and to be with those words um, and kind of collaborate with those words in a writing practice. So write down all of those things, and as you do, notice how the words are flowing. Don't try and judge the words or edit them. Just keep writing as unconsciously as possible and write all your reactions to the quote that you wrote down, everything that you think about when you when you read it, and then write your reactions to your own words and your own thoughts and your ideas as they form on the page. And just let your thoughts come in whatever way that they do. And then... When you're done, when your timer goes off, read over what you've written, even though I think it's sometimes hard to read over what we've written straight away. But as a part of this practice, I found it quite helpful. And just observe any reflections that you've had about how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Do you feel a new meaning that has come up with the prompt phrase? Do you feel more connected to what you've written? You might even want to share it with somebody else. Or you might just want to keep it to yourself. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing lately. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Vincent Silk, for joining us on Liberation Loops. Thank you, Carly. It was so good to talk to you. And that was a conversation that I had with Vincent Silk. And now I'm sure you're all wanting to go out and buy his first novel, Sisters of No Mercy. Next week, I'm going to be speaking with Nawa Nightshade, who is a deaf doula and somatics practitioner living in Nipaluna. See you next week. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Join me, Aya Cry with Ubuntu Voices, Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on 3CR. Ubuntu is a Zulu word, meaning I am here because you are. Ubuntu celebrates the positive contribution African Australians make to our communities in music, academia, the arts, and everything in between. Come with me on a journey 
Ubuntu Voices every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. None of us are free. One of us is chained. None of us are free. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM. It's the 9th of April and I hope you're all enjoying the show. Um, the Thursday Morning Breakfast team is now recording and producing all of our interviews from home. So we're getting to learn lots of new techniques um, for interviewing people. We're using lots of different technology. I'm currently recording this um, via an app on my phone. So I hope that all of you listeners are also engaging um, in different ways to be in the world. Um, it's a really challenging time, but I hope you're finding some time out there to rest and ground yourselves as well. And now I think we're going to head into a track. Um, so this is one of my favourite local artists, Pataphysics, and this track is called Shake the Roots.
listening to 3CR. We really are in unprecedented times and 3CR, as your local community broadcaster, is trying to do our part to minimise the spread of the coronavirus throughout the community. At the front of our minds is protecting the most marginalised and vulnerable, but we are still here. And we'll continue broadcasting 24 hours a day with radical alternative content throughout this period, but things will sound a bit different. Some programmers will present their shows on the phone and we'll be finding creative ways to bring you our regular programming. So stay tuned, stay safe and be kind to each other. You're listening to Thursday Breakfast on 3CR. Up next we have audio from the United Workers' Union online picket line, which which was broadcast over Facebook last Friday, April 3rd. Uh, So it featured a panel discussion and then got... Uh, people who were tuned in to send in videos and um, tell their stories as well. Uh, But what we'll listen to is the introduction of the panel discussion, and the panel discussion was with migrant workers and casual workers um, from around um, Australia. Um, But there were four people in... four uh, guests in total and two unionists that were hosting the discussion. Uh, So we'll listen to a bit of that intro and if you want to find out more or listen to it more, you can log on to their Facebook page, so United Workers Union, um, and their recordings are up there. So it's in two parts, part one and part two, uh, but it also features the the videos that were sent in um, from around uh, Australia, uh, mostly migrant workers and casual workers. Now going to um, move into the panel discussion. I'm going to start with uh, Yaya Noyawi Osman. Um, Yaya, could you tell us a little bit about where you were working before you went on maternity leave and what kind of work you were doing? Okay. Um, I used to work at farm before. I picked um, raspberry, blackberry, and I work through contractor. So the contractor pay me uh, one tray. We have like small tray, you know, a small box. So uh, they pay me about $6 one tray. So I only can get, um, I'm starting from 6 a.m. until 1 p.m. So I only can get like 10 10 box, 10 tray, you know. So maybe just $60 a day. Yeah, because I just waiting for I apply for factory, so I didn't get any job in factory, so I just have to work with a contractor. Okay. Yeah. So after then I get um work at factory. Uh, I'm not to mention the factory name. So the vegetable. So I get minimum wage. Okay. Um. But before that, before that, uh, I heard. Uh, the company not pay uh, with minimum wage. After after union um, go and talk with the boss and they agree and they start pay. But still we have uh, still we have problem like they not pay our proper weekly. They delay our payment. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, yeah you are from Malaysia. Yeah. And many of your community are working in Australia undocumented or under visa insecurity. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to highlight, yeah, um, after my past company that 
they find out that when I'm pregnant, so they stop give me a shift. So I a bit stressed. Two weeks I'm crying <laughs> actually because I used to work. I used to work and every week I get my payment. So after I'm not get any shift, then uh, I'm not receive any. But like I have husband to support me, but like I used to work to get my own money. Mm-hmm. So when I not receive any payment, like we know every Friday we get the payment. So when the Friday coming, so I know that is payment day. So I'm not receive any money. So I bit stress that time. So I just want to know, like, is it uh, when someone they get pregnant, is it they not get any shift? Yeah, and and that's an issue around maternity leave and and who is entitled to it. And unfortunately, uh, temporary migrants are often missing out on. Um, entitlements that the rest of us take for granted um, is, you know, an important part of our panel today because each of our panel members are either casual workers, temporary migrants, or both. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you, many in your community have no visa at all. Um, yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what they experience uh, working on farms um, being undocumented? Yeah. Um, they, have, they have to work, go through with contractor. They have no choice because they cannot work with directly with farmer, so they have to work with contractor and they have to accept any payment that contractor give because they have to survive. They have to pay any bill, rent, everything. So if let's say uh, we know, we know like if uh, if uh, some of you you have um, document, so the contractor will pay you different. Like maybe they will pay you follow the minimum wage. And when you are not have any document, so they will pay you less, maybe one one hour fifteen dollar. And so, since this shocking pandemic has hit Australia, you and your household. um, So you have yourself, who's on maternity leave at the moment. You have your partner um, and also your sister and others living with you. How has how have they been impacted? Um, Have they been able to obtain any? Support from the government? No, um, uh, I have two cousins with me. Um, they didn't get any work now. Or uh, the two week, uh, only last week they have one day only for work. So this week, the full week, they don't have any shift, and they just have everything. So we need to support them because now we like every month we have to pay bill, we have to pay rent. So now they they don't have enough money to pay rent. Yeah, and I'm imagining if they do get sick, they don't have healthcare support either. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Yaya, for your time. I'm going to jump across to Junior. Um, Junior, um, I know you're from Vanuatu, and do you want to tell everyone a little bit about the Seasonal Worker Program and, and how you come to Australia on the Seasonal Worker Program? Mm, yeah, uh Hello everyone, my name is uh, Junior Joseph William. I come from Vanuatu. Um, I joined Seasonal Worker Program at uh, 2016. It's uh, a program that gives uh, give chance to people like me who don't have work in our country. So we joined the Seasonal Worker Program to come to Australia to find a uh, some uh, money for living. Yeah, and how many times have you been to Australia now, Junior? Uh, I've been to Australia three times. Three times. Where have you been? 
This season I went to Tasmania through a, a, a contractor called uh, um, uh, Doesn't matter. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and then uh, the second time we go to Perth, Western Australia under the same contractor and they 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 underpay us so we 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 call uh, the fair work ombudsman to come and fix us fix our payments but they come and uh, talk to us at the caravan park where we live and they go back nothing happened so we decide to join the union and when we get back to Vanuatu we we uh, take uh, some of our payback, which is great, and thank you so much for the union. Awesome, and um, you, you guys fought very hard. Um, is there something you'd want to say in Bislama to any Nivans speaking today about why you yeah. joined the union? Yeah. Uh, you were in a training union yet? You need to train a union from within union, but you must have a change in one law. But I have a cafe map you me or seasonal worker. We must come to Australia from suppose where you start, you know, training union. You start depend on one other man where we train a union, but you look benefit them. And we know, you know, possible from by me needing you me plant it, you me unite, to make them one change. Thank you. Talk, talk, not too much, yeah? So, so, so Junior, um, you have some worries now that um, this pandemic virus has hit. Um, I understand that the government has given you no guarantee on how and when you can go home and, you know, how to extend your visa um, and no, no Medicare support either. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, because... Uh, uh, like we came to Australia, we 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 pay uh, most things that uh, an Australian citizen pay, like tax, uh, superannuation, Medicare. So during the coronavirus uh, lockdown, the government give opportunity to to the citizens of the country, whereas living at a workers park and we are we have the farm workers we contribute also to the economy of the country so why you leave us behind and give only the chance to a citizen while we do most of the things same as the citizens of australia paying a tax paying superannuation being food every day without living wages in Australia, without living wages. So, um, uh, because we we are contributing to Australian economy, we are kindly asking the Australian government to give us a way, an opportunity to go through this uh, coronavirus situation. 
And that was an excerpt from the United Workers' Union picket line recorded um, on Facebook on the 3rd of April last Friday. Housing for the Aged Action Group has gone digital to help stop the spread of the coronavirus, but we're still here. If you're over 50 years old and having problems with your housing, we can help. If you're having trouble paying the rent, problems with your retirement village manager or concerned about your caravan park, give us a call on 1300 765 178. We can also help connect you with aged care services and emergency relief if you need it. Stay safe, everyone. don't know about you but I've been listening to loads of new music during this time um, that we're locked down Um, so obviously we're all spending much more time now in our homes and I think it's been much more of a daily ritual for me to make sure I go out and find music that's being created and produced by local artists Um, and this next track that I'm going to play for you is also another one of my favourite artists um, who's making music out of Melbourne. And I saw him perform as part of Flow Festival in Footscray last year. It was a Neo Soul Festival. And oh, the lineup for that festival is absolutely incredible. Um, and Barrow and his band played um, during about sunset. And, and I absolutely can't wait um, for Barrow and Silent J to be bringing out some new music, um, as I'm sure they will be during this period of lockdown. So this is one of Barrow and Silent J's new tracks. This one is called In Your Eyes.
that track in your eyes by barrow sura and silent J. you're listening to thursday breakfast here on 3cr uh so just to change the tone uh to move away from something that's totally covid related uh i've we've got next a soundscape that i recorded when i was in morocco so in the northern city of in the moroccan northern city of tanja uh so Tanja is a really interesting place. <laughs> it's now been sort of earmarked as um, the sort of gateway into rapid industrialization um, and a huge uh, you know, change in Moroccan society, but also in Moroccan cities. Um, so not only has there been an increased, um, an ever increasing tourist presence, so uh, one of uh, the backbone of the Moroccan economy is tourism, uh, but also it's trying to diversify, Morocco as a whole is trying to diversify its sort of, you know, revenue incomes. And especially I think we've seen this uh, with the uh, arrival of these measures um, after, well, that COVID has sort of brought to light the fragility of importing face masks, for example. They've just met domestic needs of making face masks and they will look to uh, export uh, face masks in the coming days. Uh, this is directly from a Reuters correspondent uh, in, in Rabat. Um, so anyway, back to what this is actually about. <laughs> um, so Tanja, this northern city in Morocco, is facing rapid urban uh, development, which means that also uh, uh, the, the face of the city um, and society is, is changing with uh, huge urban developments on the sort of fringes of society uh, and then moving well, in the fringes of the city and it's been moving and incorporating what used to be rural zones into the uh, urban zone. Uh, and so Think Tanja, which is an organisation based in, in Tanja, uh, is, uh, they do a lot of, um, they look at these issues, uh, mostly to do with urbanisation, uh, and they look at these issues uh, through the lens of, of art, um, mostly, or creative practice. And so they did a workshop, they hosted a workshop in um, mid in the beginning, around the 10th of January from memory <laughs> um, and so I participated in one of the workshops and the idea was um, it's a soundscape so you go around the city and you listen to you listen to the city so you listen to what's going on around you um, and then you put together a a piece so I worked with a French counterpart her name was Antoinette and we put together this piece and we called it Ibn Abu. So Ibn Abu was the, we called it Ibn Abu because it was the street. We just, <laughs> we decided to go for a walk around the Medina. So in the, in the central old district, the old city. Uh, and we came across this, uh, 
this uh, man who was actually quite interesting. But anyway, around there, we just collected all these sounds. And it's just the sounds of a five-meter radius from this man that wanted to speak uh, to us and wanted to be involved in um, our little sound project. So uh, listen to it, uh, and then I'll just translate the... The, what he says uh, in the outro. السفر السياحة نسافر كسياح أو كسياحة عافية كذلك لكن المهم من السفر هو أن نعبر الحدود الثقافية الحدود, الحدود الجغرافية سهلا ولكن الحدود الأهم هي الحدود الثقافية حيث نتبنى ثقافات أخرى أو نعطيها مكانا محترما في عقولنا ونكون متسامحين متقبلين لسائر الثقافات الإنسانية الموجودة في العالم ولا نتزمت لأي ثقافة ضد أخرى لفواياج لفواياج traverser surtout, et j'insiste, les frontières culturelles, et non pas seulement les frontières géographiques. En traversant les frontières culturelles, on devient tolérant avec les autres et en même temps tolérant avec soi-même. On se forme, on doit accepter, on apprend à accepter les autres, et les autres c'est symétrique les autres apprendront aussi à nous respecter et à apprendre de nous c'est avoir des ailes pour voler à travers le monde entier tout en respectant la culture d'autres oui parfois il y a des gens qui voyagent mais ne traversent pas les frontières culturelles il y a des gens qui peuvent traverser ces, ces frontières culturelles en pensant, en réfléchissant en bouquinant sans même voyager
what he says in English um, all the while noting that uh, the original prose was in Arabic it was then he then translated it into French uh, but it loses I think um, with two translations it loses its uh, true meaning its uh, more heartfelt meaning that um, we could definitely feel in Arabic um, so here we go uh, Travelling should allow us to cross cultural borders and not just geographical borders. By crossing cultural borders, we become more tolerant, not only with others, but also ourselves. We learn to accept others, and others will learn to respect and learn from us. It's about having wings to fly around the world while respecting other cultures. Sometimes people travel without traversing cultural frontiers, and there's some who can travel those cultural frontiers by thinking, reflecting, and reading without even travelling. So here, um, I just wanted to give a bit of, of context to uh, why he chose <laughs> to talk about this specific thing in particular. So when we when we first met him, you know, we were explaining what we were doing, um, taking the soundscapes of the city, and we, you know. Uh, that sort of thing uh, and he said oh he really wanted to speak about politics and you know different sort of political um, things and transformations that he's seen in the city so he was uh, he was an older gentleman uh, but uh, he's he said, he's like, oh, well, if I talk too much politics, they'll know exactly who I am. So he's like, oh, I'll just talk about this, which is maybe, which can be political. Uh, so he comes, he comes across many tourists in that city. So uh, there's really cheap flights to Tantra from Europe in particular. Uh, so a lot of French and Spanish tourists mostly. Uh, and uh, so he is the, sh- he's a shopkeeper and he sort of deals with t- tourists every day. Uh, and so he thought that this was actually uh, uh, you know, uh, political in in a sort of more of a prose sense, you know, um, in more of a poetic sense, uh, you know, which means that you know there's people that come and travel to especially places like Morocco, um, but sort of maintain this sort of um, sort of colonial mindset. They don't bother changing or trying to learn from Moroccans. It's more um, the it's more sort of uh, coming and extracting what you can from Morocco as an experience that you can then talk about to your friends back in Europe. Um, and so that, I think that was the, the main thing that he wanted to talk about. And he was um, someone who reflected a lot. And also, um, as a Moroccan citizen, to get to Europe, it's quite hard. Uh, you have to pay um, um, about, I think, between 100 and 200 euros to get a visa um, that might 
be rejected, um, so which ends up being a lot of money. So most most Moroccans, um, there's this idea of stuck or whitehood. You know, you're stuck in Morocco. <coughs> And then you get all these tourists that come to your country and sort of disrespect it um, at the same time as trying to extract what they can from it. Uh, so anyway, we had you know these great discussions after after we recorded what he said. Uh, but yeah, just wanted to keep that alive, and um, yeah, and also sort of point out the the sort of colonial tensions um, that still exist. Uh, anyway, we hope to play, so there's uh, three or four more lots um, of these uh, audio pieces from other people who participated in the workshop. So once I get permissions uh, and that sort of thing, we're hoping to play uh, the other pieces uh, that uh, the others did. So the workshop was comprised of mainly um, um, people living in Morocco and Moroccans uh, and then there was a few people living in Morocco that uh, were of European or American background uh, and so yeah we'll hope to play the rest through in the coming weeks You're listening to 3CR We really are in unprecedented times and 3CR as your local community broadcaster is trying to do our part to minimise the spread of the coronavirus throughout the community at the front of our minds is protecting the most marginalised and vulnerable, but we are still here. And we'll continue broadcasting 24 hours a day with radical alternative content throughout this period, but things will sound a bit different. Some programmers will present their shows on the phone and we'll be finding creative ways to bring you our regular programming. So stay tuned, stay safe and be kind to each other. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM. And, yeah, just remember um, to go out and support local artists. So if you're a fan of an artist, uh, make sure that you're following them on social media. Um, there are lots of online festivals happening um, or lots of artists that are performing via uh, live on Instagram. And, yeah, like definitely be listening to people's music. Um, and buying their music as well. Uh, I'm definitely a big fan of Bandcamp um, and actually buying people's tracks and merchandise. Um, another collective that unfortunately has disbanded now is For Now Spa, and this track is called Leather and Wood. Thank you very much, you're far too kind. Flint wrist, lift this limp wrist case cold. Finessing his fitness, this Nick say whoa. Rats in the hoodie when we blitz, yeah we stay bold. Put a piece Disney body bag in the range roll. Finessing the game cold, carry like pesos. Make him say oh, Chichi Mexico body bag like a temple. Body built like a Rambo, by my left like an angel. I'm one of the angels. Flip wrist, lift this limp wrist case cold. Finessing his fitness, this Nick say whoa. Rats in the hoodie when we blitz, yeah we stay bold. Buddha piece, this knee body bag in the range of all. Um. 
my cars got leather and wood In my hood we call it buck Domestic violence, held by drugs In my hood they call it love Turn the millennials fiend for a fuck All my aunties call them sluts All my bros not a roll one off All my G's not a fill my cup All my cars got leather and wood in. in my hood we call it buck Domestic violence, held by drugs In my hood they call it love Turn the millennials fiend for a fuck All my aunties call them sluts All my bros not a roll one off all my G's know to fill my cut like, mm. Me, I'm more than worth my weight in gold So my mother bleeding from a beating Back when I was eight years old That should change me, dog. I still pray to God But their faithful morning told me not to hold my breath I guess that's why I never pray for much Maybe every weekend we don't pray for love We just pray for cause I am heaven's sent boy from the stars No doubt now I'm seeing double Twin telescopes rocking the Hubble Puddles and cuddles, I'm all in a muddle Kids jumping over the holes in the rubble Machine gun, I'm feeling riddled I got something to get up my chest Give me the cue, now I'm playing Scrabble Give me the queen, now I'm playing chess Free flowers, cold shower Lemon sour, superpower, ivory tower. Every hour, I never cower. I am dream time, stopwatch, I'm rewind. Intertwined into the treetop, creature and vine. Cut leaves, I'm zigzagger. I am equator, I am the dagger. I am the tookie, aka cutting too. You know who I'm comfortable. You swimming pool like the milk of a coconut. I'm nomadic, I smoke it up. Sphinx like, you looking for trouble. Nuclear, you playing games. Careless, out here blowing bubbles. You just in the zoo with two chains. Feel like a flock with one body. We read the absent referendum. Y'all got him. My body unlocked all my keys and scotchati. My body unlocked on adrenaline running like clock. Body's the love of the black. Saudis and rubbers with stocks. Took down the Somalis a lot. My people is hot. The colony got all the polony stocks. They from the clock. They listen to me. You never knew the god you worship was a girl If you cross me like an Easter I'ma fuck up half your world When you boil the jack I'ma foil a thug I'ma do a runner I'm a hundred I'm an oil as fuck I got royal blood I'ma stick it to him I'ma front up Yeah that mongrel chick You thought she was okay Now you ask me quick time I can't give you my number Cause I got a mandem Can't give you the dick time It's a video game Fits pretty old thing I'ma clock it in I'ma look it It's a crazy old world But I be that bitch All my worries are profit if you intimidate me, I see to it, you only do it once. Put your fuck boys to the back, call my cunts to the front. Mother or dad, our asses forgive him of their sins. They be stunting them fake facts, they be murdering their kin. I stay dwelling in God bodies, fucking with no gin. Matariki, them God bodies, they none of them, them A. Uh, catch me in the Moana. A, be drinking Dilma from Sri Lanka. A, and got that cushion, Manurewa. A, Miss Makemba Pata Pata Okay, now we flexing out here Living like light passing through a Very, very little prison Morpheus, yeah I'ma take the red one Cause we be bad bitches Balling out of the Matrix And that track was Leather and Wood by Finale Spa. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMAP. 
your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. And that's all we've got time for here on Thursday Breakfast. See you next week and stay tuned to 3CR. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM. So, here you are. Too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong and how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa. Every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates right across Victoria. It's good to be here because uh, Aboriginal radio and um, you don't really get to do this much. Brings us all together. Time. You'll get your time to take that first step out that front door to freedom beyond these walls. Make sure and I just want to say thank you to all of you for giving us the opportunity to speak on air. The reason, the bigger the calling. Make your commitment and watch things And you can listen to audio from this year's broadcasts and previous years as well. Online at any time, just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. But also while I'm here, I'd like to say thank you for all for coming, um, helping, giving us a chance to do this. It's really good, you know. It's been going for a while now. Hopefully it goes, it keeps going. You know, like it's, it's good that we can do this and um, get our voice out there as prisoners. We can't blame everything on the external, so let's stop looking for it in the hands of the persecutor because real power comes from here and it comes from family. If you would like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 9419 
get your copy of 3CR's magnificent book. It's a stunning history of the people, programs and issues at the station since 1976. On sale now for the amazing price of just $20. Pick one up at the station or jump online and place your order. Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR. On sale now for $20. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio.